We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Rotoviz Basketball Show. My name is Colin Kelly, and of course, I'm joined by Zachary Kruger. Follow Zach on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. You can check me out at Overtime Ireland. We are drafting in the Basketball Mania Tree Tournament over at underdogfantasy.com. We had planned to talk a little bit about strategy before we kick things off here, but when we signed up for this draft, we were number 12, and that slot was a straight in to be set up here and ready to go. So we are drafting from the 109 slot and uh, looking forward to this as we try and take down the $2 million top prize from the $10 million prize pool over at underdogfantasy.com. First pick is in. It is Jonathan Taylor. We'll be going through this pretty rapidly and uh, looking forward to it. So Looking at who we're targeting here at the 109, the advantage of not live streaming this one, Zach, is that we can talk about our picks all we want and we can set up our queue and we can let the people see what we're thinking as we go through it. So four pick or three picks in, four picks in now. Where are we looking? Do you want to add some names into that queue and and, and see where we go? I think once you get past those first, I think probably for me, two running backs and Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey, I'm moving to wide receiver only from that point. So uh, I think I'd be looking here at Jamar Chase. If he does last, he may not last. Then we have, obviously, Stephon Diggs is probably the the next option to fit in there. But who's your prime target here? Yeah, so there's been we're going to be on the clock here in just a second. So we have our options right now, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, and then I would even say Travis Kelsey could be interesting here. Um, We got 20 seconds. It's a 30-second clock. I would say it's between Adams or Diggs for me. Where are you at for this pick? Well, I was going to say it's between Diggs or Kelsey for me, and you mentioned Kelsey as well. We could go here for the elite tight end and then and then move forward. Um, So I think let's, let's hit Kelsey and see how our build progresses from there. I was going to hopefully you know, talk to you before we started the draft about getting that elite tight end in there. We've had some interesting work up on rotaviz.com this week from Blair Andrews looking at the elite tight end. And I, I'm looking at trying to get Kelsey or trying to get Hawkinson in a lot of these drafts, You know, maybe sprinkle Kettle in there and some of them are darn Waller. But with this one, I think, especially with Tyreek Hill now not being with the Kansas City Chiefs, I think that makes Kelsey very, very interesting. And although this is half point ppr is not tight end premium like we would be playing over the ffpc i think getting travis kelsey in there is such an advantage versus you know the the rest of the tight ends that you you can draft here and i think it freezes up here with these picks now because if we don't get 
let's say um mark mark andrews in the second round or we don't get the option then to get hawkinson later on and we miss out on them then we're we're into that dicey territory of the tight end so i'm happy with that um i would have went digs over adams um based on the the offseason moves and we did miss out on jamar chase by one pick there i would have loved 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 to get him at the the 109 so we're sitting two picks away from the next selection joe mixon goes off the clock at the 2-1 and Diggs, who we did talk about, went off the, at the uh, 112 there. I like these options that you have in the queue at the moment. What's your thoughts as the, the one I preferred the most has gone off the queue? <laughs> off with yeah, yeah, 24 seconds here. CeeDee Lamb would have been my top option. Debo Samuel, he has a higher ADP than guys like Mike Evans and Tyree Kill. I don't know where I'm at on the 49ers offense right now. I would almost prefer what I think is a little bit safer of a play in Mike Evans here. Yeah, I'm going to risk it and go for Tyreek Hill. Let's take Hill here. All right, let's do Tyreek Hill. And he's he's the one that we didn't get to elaborate on again because of the short clock. We do have a little bit of a minute now. Um, and I mentioned that I'm not very comfortable with the 49ers offense overall. Um, just I think there's a lot of unknowns for a player who we would have been drafting as, um, you know, our, our wide receiver one here in Debo Samuel, who would have gone that route. Were you, are you with me? I, I'm assuming that you must be at least a little bit to go with Hill over Debo Samuel, despite him having the slightly lower ADP. Are you with me on the, the I guess, the muddied, the muddied uh, situation right now in, in San Francisco in terms of just quarterbacks and, and not knowing what that team's going to look like come September when week one finally kicks off? Um, I am kind of with you, but I also think that there's an opportunity to get an advantage by drafting those players now. So like Tyreek Hill, for example, when I wanted to draft him there, when we're looking through the selections that are happening at the moment for – uh, or the information that's coming out from the Dolphins. I'm wondering what teams are doing at the moment when they're sharing these clips, like Kenneth Walker catching these you know, <laughs> backfield passes. And then we see uh, the Packers done one with Wat- uh, Watson. And then we see um, the Dolphins do the Tyreek Hill catch, you know, as if it was a rocket from two. And it's like, you know, it's not good. I don't know who's running the social teams, but they need to get better at those sort of things. But I think that when we're seeing those passes, there is a dip on what we're thinking of Tyreek Hill's value. The concern for Hill for me is Waddle being there, but I think they could uh, both be very productive. When we're looking from a baseball perspective, I think Hill is going to have some major weeks this season. I still think Samuel is going to have a, a big, big season. I think he's an absolutely tremendous player. I think they're going to have to give him a huge contract extension. And I think whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo, who we've seen him produce with last year, I think the problem is not who his quarterback is going to be. It's going to be, can he get more targets rather than rushing out of the backfield on such a consistent occasion? So I think that um, this year, Debo Samuel is going to be productive again. And I think he's going to probably be a solid second round value. But I just think that, you know, Hill is the player I would I would like to get there. I would like to get Lamb over both of those. But I think I just have Evans slightly behind that. But obviously Godwin not being back 100% with the team yet, I believe. And then obviously the injury situation for him uh, gives Mike Evans a huge open door there for those additional targets. So we will be coming back up on the clock in, you know, three picks here. We do have one of our favorites in T Higgins there. We have Waddle there. I see you've added Patrick Mahomes to the queue and then we have DJ Moore and Higgins goes off the clock with that pick. He was again, the, I just want to get as much of that uh, offense as we can for the, for the Bengals, but both of those options go. So we're sitting at the moment, I would be passing here on Waddle, I think, because we have Hill. 
um not really wanting to invest as much this early in the draft in both of those and then when we look through dj Moore is there as well looking through the rest of the options not really anyone here that i'm liking at the running back position um i, I do think that keenan allen could be somebody who we could probably add in there also um so i would probably be leaning towards keenan allen here or dj Moore. I love DJ Moore, all about it. If you want to take him, if you do want to add Keaton Allen to the queue, but it would be one of those two for me that I'd be selecting here. I think we can go ahead and go with Allen here. Um, we'll, we'll go ahead and put him on our team for this one. He he gets a slight fall in ADP uh, to us here. We got him at the 33rd overall pick. His ADP is 28.4. So, so a slight fall for us here to take him. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned not wanting to get Waddle because, you know, maybe having too many eggs in the Miami basket may not be optimal. Um, on, on one hand, some people may think that that taking a gamble like that, doing little things like that could be could be good for a tournament. On the other hand, I certainly see the argument that you're making in that case. I thought that Patrick Mahomes was interesting uh, at this spot as well. If he makes it back to us here with the 40th overall pick, I might even dare call him a slam dunk at the spot given that we would get a Mahomes and Kelsey stack. And there's just so many Chiefs wide receivers we could even pair later on to try to maybe luck our way into a really strong three-way stack um, for this build here. Um, we, we're two picks away from being able to select here. Are, are you against someone like a Patrick Mahomes with the 40th overall pick, um, give it, given our current start, or what are you thinking? I think if we get him at that particular point and now with having Kelsey as well, I think we would go away. He does land to us, so we have that option. So when we're talking through it, the other options that will be on the clock are Darren Waller. We already have Travis Kelsey. You could go for a second tight end, but I don't think it will suit here. Then you have Cooper, who I'm not in on this year at all, and then you're into the other quarterbacks like Jackson. Um, I, I go ahead and take uh, Mahomes, and then as we talk through the rest of the options. So we do have Mahomes there. We also had Justin Herbert, who I think could have been interesting because we do have Keenan Allen. Stanton alone for value and he goes in the next pick Lamar Jackson I would be going for Lamar Jackson over Mahomes based on where I think they're going to go in most drafts but because of how things had set up here I think uh, Mahomes makes sense so I, I'm I'm all in on Lamar Jackson this season so uh, looking forward to seeing what we can kind of do there but we'll see how we pair things up as this draft moves forward but there wasn't a lot of other options there that I was um, very excited about and as anyone watching and for this show you will see that Sky Moore has been added to the queue. <laughs> Juju Smith-Schuster's been added to the queue. <laughs> Valdez Scantley and Ronald Jones. Even Justin Ross is in there, and that's in participation as uh, uh, Zach is trying to filter in some of those Chiefs for maybe later in the draft. Uh, looking back then, as some of the players are going off the board, the 408 is Justin Herbert, who I think is going to have another amazing season as he progresses into the league. The 409 is Brees Hall, then we have Jerry Judy. And then we have the next pick with 10 seconds left up on the clock. So far, we do have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, and Travis Kelsey. I'm liking how things are going so far. You know, I would have loved to have Tyreek, or sorry, not Tyreek. Yeah, we have Tyreek. Um, if we had T. Higgins in there over Keenan Allen, but I think as things shake out through the draft season, I'll be sprinkling in both of them. We did talk about the option with, you know, the, the Dolphins as well, I will be altering that back and forth. I do like Waddle for this season, but I just think with their ADPs, it'll be a lot to invest the two of those guys into the one roster. So as we are setting, we have some time to reflect before our next pick. What are you thinking as we start to approach? So we have two wide receivers, one tight end, one quarterback. 
I think we're holding off on quarterback now to the very mid to later portions of the draft, but I think we'll probably knuckle down here at wide receiver. Any running backs interesting you at this point? Yeah, so the four running backs we're just sitting at the top of the board. We have, we have four running backs sitting in, in the top five picks right now. Uh, based on ADP, we have David Montgomery, Ezekiel Elliott, J.K. Dobbins, uh, and then Antonio Gibson sitting there as well. Um, none of these guys particularly stand out to me just because of their, their current situation. I, I don't view Montgomery as being in a great offense. I think that Ezekiel Elliott could perhaps lose um, even more opportunity to Tony Pollard in last season, who we know is very good. Tony Pollard actually had over a thousand yards from scrimmage last season, which I think is easy for some people to forget just because we know that backfield is still largely dominated by Elliott in terms of rushing attempts. Um, we're about to be on the board here real quickly. Are you, do you have any interest in Montgomery or Dobbins? I also have Juju Smith-Schuster, Allen Robinson queued up. Um, I'm or, or there's, to, I'm there's other options as well. Here. I'm about to Go scare ahead. you here. Um, I think uh, Dobbins or ETN are the two players I would be targeting here. And as we look at that, Dobbins goes off the board. So that would leave us with ETN at that point. Um, looking through the options that are available, I think you know <clears throat> there is later round options available to try and go with Mahomes. So that would take Juju out of it for me at this point. And then I- I'm not sold on Alan Robinson. Um, so I- I'm going to pitch ETN here unless you want to overrule me. Yeah, I think ETN is fine here. I, th- I think if we weren't going to go ETN, which we'll go ahead and do, obviously we liked him a lot last season um, before the injury unfortunately happened. We thought that he was a guy who could really kind of step into an every down back role, um, maybe be someone who catches 50 balls uh, and, and be a really good fantasy contributor right out the gate. Now we're hoping that we get a chance to see that this upcoming season. I still think it's possible uh, because we don't have to worry about tipping picks here and people sniping us. The other guy I would have pitched in that spot would have probably been Baltimore's Rashad Bateman, who could possibly still make it back to us here. We're two picks away. Um, He just went. I'm assuming that we obviously can't go with Sky Moore here. I'm going to get these guys off the clock just to to make it sure we don't get him. Juju Smith-Schuster is still available. Um, He fell a tiny bit here, but who else would you want here in this spot? I think Elijah Mitchell is interesting, actually. Yeah, I think Drake London is very, very interesting here. I think he's going to have a an, an instant impact role with um, the Falcons. I think that's where I would slide, and I'm going to try and load up on wide receivers here over the next couple of rounds. But I think when we look at this range, we have Traylon Burks, the rookie, as well. We have Amon Ra St. Brown, who finished the season strong. Um, but now we'll see if, how healthy Jameson Williams is you know, when the season starts, but he's in that range. Devontae Smith, I think, value is going to take a little bit of a dip because of A.J. Brown coming in, but I do think that he will still be set up in a good spot. I think it's getting interesting here, though, if it does manage to get back to us for the next pick, if you want to add him to the queue, and that is T.J. Hawkinson. If we're going to maybe go for a two-tight end build, I think that if he lands back to us, it could be really interesting. Uh, he may go prior to that. I think in terms of quarterbacks, open to your thoughts as well. There is some interesting options here, but with it being a one quarterback, I'm probably going to see we have the option to really nail down here and get ourselves a second quarterback and just go to QB or else we can hold off and maybe try and pitch in a third quarterback as we go further into the draft. What's your thoughts on on how we should uh, attack there? I find I found myself a little bit more intrigued with going uh, two really good QBs up top lately, just because I think some of their 
values have have kind of fallen a bit, maybe beyond what I would have expected. Uh, we we have a lot of quarterbacks going in the later rounds who are part of what we what we hope are going to be very explosive offenses. Even in, even with a team like Russell Wilson and Denver Broncos, I, I I think Wilson has very good weapons around him between Sutton and Judy. Uh, I think we're pro- both probably pretty high on Albert O in terms of his athleticism and what he could potentially bring to the Broncos. And then uh, while Melvin Gordon returning to the Broncos is definitely annoying for Javante Williams, truthers, you can't deny that they probably even have one of the better backfields in terms of talent between Williams and Gordon. So there's a lot of ways for uh, the Broncos to move the ball this season. Uh, Russell Wilson is undoubtedly going to be the player that's going to officially put them uh, over the top and 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 bring a legitimate postseason run into discussion in 2022. So so someone like Russell Wilson who already went here, he went a little bit earlier than his ADP, but I think that that's a fair pick there. But just because I I think there's enough around him um, that 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 they're going to be a very good team this year. So so because of the way some of these quarterbacks have dipped, I'm actually a little bit more intrigued about a strong two quarterback build. I guess the question that comes into play is are are we willing to perhaps take some weeks without um, with without Mahomes in our lineup, knowing that we have fourth round draft capital and invested in at this point in time in our draft. Yeah, that was the other thing that I was going to ask if you, if we didn't get back to it, but you you picked it out. I think that would be the concern. When I did mention that, we did have a lot of options left on the board. The likes of Jalen Hurts, Tom Brady was there, uh, Russell Wilson, who you mentioned, was there, Joe Burrow was there. They've all gone, uh, so that option kind of for me is is out. We do have an option a couple of picks away as Dallas Goddard goes off the board. TJ Hawkinson may still be there. The player you did take out of the queue did go. That was Sky Moore. I thought he could be interesting if he did get back there. But when we're sitting here at the moment and we are on the clock, I do feel like we could lock down our tight end position really, really mm-hmm. strongly here. But um, <laughs> it's, it's up to you if you want to go. I would be going with Hawkinson here, and that would probably be the end of us at the tight end position. Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you. We're gonna go ahead and go with Hawkinson here. Uh, get get him again. Also, a little bit of a value. We got him 81st overall. He's got a 77.7 ADP. So a tiny slide there. Probably probably somewhat a credit to some of the quarterbacks who who also went a little bit earlier than their ADP. Uh, helped push him down a little bit there. So we're definitely locked up at, at tight end. We have Travis Kelsey. We have T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, the, the goal now is going to be to actually hope that these guys get into our lineups. Uh, the the uh, one difference between underdog and something like FFPC is you only have one flex instead of two, and uh, you only have one tight end slot on on underdog as well. So that second tight end who we just went ahead and invested seventh round draft capital in, we're going to have to hope that he's actually able to perform well enough to to get into um, our flex spot a couple times, really make this pick pay off. But if it does. Um, if he does, if he's if he's used essentially as a as a high volume wide receiver just at the tight end position, then I think Hawkinson sneaks his way into a lot of lineups and, and is a very viable option here. We're about to be on the clock again, Colin. We know we can't take Marquez Valdez Scantling here, who's at the top of our queue. Who on the remaining board here is of interest to you up at the top? I think we probably dip back to the rookies here, and I'd probably go towards uh, Olave at this point. But scroll down just to give me a little bit of no, a little bit lower down if I can see some of the options as you control the clock. We do have Christian Watson there as an option too. We have ten seconds left, so I would be going with Olave at this point. Um, was there any other options there for you at the rookies that you might have went over him as I slot him in? Uh, I do think that what's going to happen with these rookies, and I was going to say this when we took London. I think as we get closer to the season, we're going to hear more and more positive reports and we're going to see these ADPs continue to rise. 
and um, we talked about it when we were doing the ffpc never too early drafts that the rookie adp tends to spike post draft and i think we're seeing that at the moment and i think we're going to see that continue to rise towards the season i think with the players we've taken here like etn as well i think the reports are going to get better on his injury recovery and how things are looking we obviously have james robinson who's struggling coming back from his well maybe not struggling but had a serious injury we'll see how he does heading into the season may not be 100 percent healthy and then obviously the draft is an option which if anyone watched our live draft stream uh the, the reports were not glowing uh, for that draft pick. Um, but I think that opens up some of the options that these players are going to continue to rise in value over the coming weeks. And as we look forward then, it will be a little bit of time before our next pick. Who are some of the players that you might think would be the dream scenario to, to pick up here as uh, you know we wait a, a little bit more for our next pick? Yeah, well, I have two guys at the top of our queue here who if they fall to us are tremendous values in Tony Pollard and Aaron Rodgers. I, I really would like like that, both of them here. Uh, we're currently sitting on the 95th overall pick. They have ADPs of 92.9, 96.7. That's probably not going to happen. Um, you know, we got four wide receivers. We already have two tight ends here, but we're we're starting to also creep into the area of the draft where we start talking about some of our zero RB targets and guys we may be interesting or interested in uh, scooping up here for the sake of. Um, our build and, and overall construction of this team. We know we're going to have to get some zero RB guys. One guy who stands out to me here, um, if, if not this pick, then even on the comeback possibly is, is Buffalo running back Devin Singletary. I'm going to add oh, yeah. him real quick. We, we know that Singletary was a stud for the Bills down the stretch. He really probably should have been closer to a 1,000-yard rusher. I, I recently did an article uh, on Devin Singletary as, as a mid-round pick that I'm interested in, in taking uh, in drafts, that can be found over at NBC Sports Edge. But um, Singletary had a very odd stretch for the Bills last season where he basically didn't see double-digit carries, I think, I think for like four or five weeks. And he still finished with just under 900 rushing yards. If you kind of normalize, you know, the, those carries across a full season and assume that maybe what we saw at the back end of last season – could actually be something that plays out throughout the entirety of the 2022 year, then I think you have to get a little bit excited about what Devin Singletary could bring to fantasy rosters with an ADP sitting around the 10th round right now. Uh, the Bills did draft James Cook. I think that that's going to be a little bit of a concern in terms of maybe some of Singletary's receiving upside, which we know he has um, a little bit of that. But overall, Devin Singletary is someone who I'm interested in, um, as appears to be the, the player with the 102 pick uh, because he went. But this is going to possibly push down a, a good player into our range here who I, th I think we're going to have to entertain. Uh, Tony Pollard just left on the timeout. If this player doesn't take a quarterback here um, at pick 104, I think Aaron Rodgers at pick 105 with the ADP of 96.7 kind of looks interesting here. Yeah, and obviously I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, but I, yeah. I always say that Rodgers is a – about a real life quarterback and fantasy quarterback but i think at this point it's a, a real good value and fits into that build and um, when we're looking at the other quarterback options that are going to probably go off the board in the next round or so we have trey lance who are still uncertain if he will be the starter we have deshaun watson who you know for different reasons is not somebody i'm targeting this season and then we have uh derrick carr who's gone off the board since so i would actually been pitching the option of derrick carr if we hadn't 
had the option there to get Aaron Rodgers, so I think he's interesting. We look down, though, we, we have Kareem Hunt as a potential option. We have Melvin Gordon, and then we have the likes of Rashad Penny. Um, is, you know, filtering through those options, have you a, a preferred option to take if we do go running back there? Or is there any other players that are piquing your interest uh, at this point? Rondell Moore is there, obviously the way the draft played out with Brown coming in. Or so so we're, we're, on the, we're on the clock. We have 19 seconds. Sorry to cut you off. But um, I, I, Kareem Hunt, I do think is interesting. Is that is that a guy you want to go with? Yeah, I, I think I'd be pushing towards Kareem Hunt here. Penny would be the other one. I think I would be really pushing towards as well but i do think the browns offense is going to be better than the the offense for uh for the seahawks i think walker coming in obviously is going to be able to dent to penny's value we've seen you mentioned the kind of case for singletary case is fairly similar as well for for penny how the season finished out but they do spend that draft capital on a running back um so concerning there as well garden coming back i thought garden was really good last year as much as we didn't want him to be good he goes off the board in the next pick after us um at the 1005 but and then Penny goes off at the 1006 so there is a little bit of a run on, on running backs here at this point i just have uh you know the, the older running back sometimes concern me if i was drafting him i'd be hoping to get him you know another couple of rounds after this point so for somebody who's just recently re-signed with the Broncos, he is getting upgraded at quarterback, but there's a lot of mice to feed in that offense. So uh, concern for Garden in the 10th round, I think it's a little bit early. Uh, I mentioned I was going to go into Rondell Moore before there was a rapid fire there that put us on the clock. The picks, uh, the picks were coming in fast and furious. Um, Rondell Moore, obviously Brown um, getting traded for in the draft with Chase Claypool there, Kenneth, uh, Kenny Gold is there. Um, there's a lot of different options here, but there's none that are really standing out to me as as very exciting options. Is there anyone standing out for you in this range? Yeah, it, it gets kind of gross out here a little bit um, at, at this spot in the draft. I, I think the one player who interests me mildly, um, and again, he's actually another guy I've put in my article, is Giants wide receiver Kenny Galladay, who I, I, last season went just, absolutely atrociously for Galladay. I mean, it went atrocious for the Giants. It's why they got a brand new coaching staff uh, and and they're going to be working at rebounding in 2022. Um, but Galladay on this roster would be our wide receiver five. Uh, he, he just went so so good on uh, whoever keeps on taking our players. Um, Shuby Doobie is the name of the team. team yeah, Shuby Doobie's been getting us a couple times, I think. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll just wrap it up quick then since we don't have to worry about taking him. But Gale is a player who I'm interested in just because he saw career lows in basically every number this past season with a defunct coaching staff, with a staff that didn't really know much of what it was doing. Um, and, and I think that there's a chance with a offensive powerhouse of a play caller as of late and Brian Dable now as our head coach, I think that Daniel Jones, who is – actually been pretty good on deep balls per, per an article from Denny Carter. Uh, I, I think that he's at least an interesting pick this late in drafts. I, I think he kind of has nowhere to go but up at this point. We're about to be on the clock here, Colm. Um, Rondell Moore is oh, yeah. available to us, and I think that that's just kind of... <laughs> we got him. I, yeah, I, was just, I, I didn't want to say it, but I was waiting and waiting and waiting. Um, we did have a run there, Fairmouth, Gronkowski, and Irv Smith Jr. going off the, the board three tight ends in a row. Then we had Jacoby Myers, who was selected and Look, that's a that's a fair pick, but it's very hard to get excited about the wide receivers in the New England offense um, with how things played out in the draft and, and the pre and the postseason. I guess we'll say with Devontae Parker arriving there. Um, but I think Rondell Moore, while 
if Brown hadn't been signed, I would be a lot, lot more excited. But then we also have the situation where um, we have to, the DeAndre Hopkins suspended to start the season. So I think Moore is in a, a good spot there heading into year two. I think getting him in the just very back end of the 11th round at the 129th pick is really good uh, value there. And I think we also, you touched on it. You mentioned that he is now our wide receiver five, but we have Hell, we have Allen. I would nearly be saying we have more, and then we have London and Alave, even though we took them in a different option. I think Drake London's going to go in there, and he's going to get a lot of targets starting off the season. Uh, Olave should get the same, but we might be relying on more in week one and week two to get us the points there. We are back on the clock. You have Algier in the queue. Uh, mentioned James Robinson earlier. He obviously is a concern. I think um, the one option here would have been Pickens. We have a couple of rookie back running back options, but I think Algier is the the nice play to go for here um when we were on the clock earlier we had an option that we could have went and taken um carterell patterson um who is his running mate in that backfield and we were talking on the podcast this week with matthew freeman on road of his overtime looking at that backfield and the atlanta falcons offense in general for this season we now have two pieces of that in drake london and algier i think that um you know playing the the zero rb game and trying to get some of the options that are the lesser priced options in those backfields um, is a smart way to play something like the Atlanta Falcons. When we look at it as well, we do have Patterson in that offense who is going to be missing Ridley, does you know gain the rookie wide receiver in Drake London, but then we have Kyle Pitts. We don't have a huge amount of other options in that offense, so I think we may see um, Patterson used, you know, split out a little bit more, which may give Algier some chances to get onto the field. But we're 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 continuing our pre-draft uh, with our our rookie craze. We have uh, three three rookies so far, and um, we are a couple of a good few picks away from our next pick. But so far, we have three running backs. We have Etienne Hunt, Algier. We have two quarterbacks in Mahomes and Rogers, and then we have Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Drake London, Chris Olave, and Rondell Moore. We also then have two tight ends in Kelsey and Hawkinson. So we may add one or two options if we have the option at quarterback or tight end. But so far, we're going to start now, I think, to really build up on the, the wide receivers and running backs as we move forward here. Um, I know you have some more rookies in the queue with Pickens. You have Mostert in there, who's now with Miami. And then you have Brian Robinson off the Commanders, Jahan Dodson off the commanders as well. Where are we looking here and who are some of your preferred targets at this point? Well, Mostert was an accident. I didn't mean to click him, so I got Raheem Mostert out of there. Um, <laughs> her, 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 her Mostert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was that was not intentional. Uh so we removed Raheem Mostert. We still need wide receivers, which you, you already mentioned, and we know we're good to go on quarterback and tight end, at least we think. George Pickens has fallen. Uh, I mean, he he's fallen about nine picks past ADP coming up here. Um, I'm going to make a call that he's not going to get to us in five picks time, but continue. Yeah. To call. If, if he makes it, if he makes it to us, he'll have been 13 picks after ADP. Uh, but now we just saw Jahan Dotson go after him, which I was going to say if if you know maybe Jahan Dotson makes it to us. I, th- I think that George Pickens becomes a slam dunk here if we get fortunate enough to have him. Uh, after him, we have Corey Davis and Van Jefferson, neither of whom interest me that much, um, especially when I look at who's after those guys. And we know we still need running backs, Daryl Henderson. I think Henderson still has a very good path to fantasy relevance in 2022. Um, 
Cam Akers is expected back. He did not look particularly explosive uh, last season uh, when he returned from his torn Achilles. Certainly he's going to have more time to recover from that. But Daryl Henderson interests me here um, in, in a lot of ways as, as a perhaps a pivot off of Corey Davis or Van Jefferson. We're about to be up here, and we can actually take George Pickens' 13 spots after ADP. So, so we, uh, may, we may we may take him, but just hit the wide receivers and running back cues for me, uh, just so we have a quick look through the, the options. Yeah. Um, yeah, looking at it, there's not a huge amount coming up here in the next couple of picks that I would take over him. So I think we go Pickens. We get another rookie in there as well. Um, look, that, I, I, mean, I, often wonder, I, I often wonder when we see things sliding like that, if it's a situation that uh, there's injury news that has come out that we haven't seen since we started doing the draft. Um, but we'll take him and go on. The other player who was there was Jarvis Landry, who could have won us. We came second last year in the, the FFPC best ball tournament. Uh, Jarvis Landry had a, well, I, I'll blame Baker Mayfield more than Landry, but we had a chance there to, to get a touchdown catch that would have won us uh, the tournament. We came second overall to Connor O'Driscoll, a fellow road of his writer but when we're looking down through some of the options we're starting to get into the territory where there's a lot of veterans um in terms of the wide receiver options and we are uh, quite a bit away from that next uh, pick for ourselves so what are we looking at here zach as we scroll down hit the uh, hit the queue for me for just running backs just so we see some of the just running backs and just wide receiver options um so when we're looking down through the running backs here you have Brian Robinson in the queue, not somebody I'm all that excited about. I would be interested in sliding uh, Davis Price of the 49ers into the queue. I know it's a little bit later in terms of where his ADP is, but I think that we know that the 49ers can turn some of these running backs. We've seen it just last year with Mitchell. So um, we are on the queue. I mentioned there was quite a bit of time to go, but where where are we looking here as we're, we're on the clock and we, we don't well, have Well, we don't have any time to really talk here. Um, go, I'm making... I'm making an executive decision on Brian Robinson. Um, boots on the ground here, Zach. Zach is uh, boots on the ground for the commanders. Why, why have we taken Brian Robinson there? So Brian Robinson is uh, hes a player who got third-round draft capital uh, this year amongst running backs, which I think is, is notable in itself. He is also a running back on a team that definitely doesn't have another early down grinder outside of Antonio Gibson. Uh, we know that that role is not going to be going to J.D. McKissick if something were to happen to Gibson. And and Jared Patterson, if, if the team liked him enough, they probably wouldn't be taking Brian Robinson in the third round. So from that perspective, I, I like Brian Robinson from draft capital alone. There's also supposedly you know a little bit of, of concern that maybe Washington just isn't as high on uh, Antonio Gibson as the fantasy community so clearly is. We love everything about Antonio Gibson between uh, his ability to make plays after the catch or plays after, you know, contact break tackles. Uh, he's certainly with that receiver background, a, a more than capable pass catching back, but we see him lose things like that to Antonio Gibson, um, who, who for his pass catching prowess, I don't personally think is the better receiving option in terms of what a player is incapable of doing after the catch. But I think that with Washington selecting Brian Robinson here, I think he becomes kind of the immediate threat to, um, to Antonio Gibson's overall work share, um, you know, someone, unfortunately, um, Ron Rivera has already talked about him and Gibson kind of being the uh, D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart type of duo that he had back in Carolina uh, and, and the third round draft capital, I think kind of backs up that conversation. So um, I am with you on Tyrion Davis price. He's definitely another running back who I want. We reached by about, what did we reach here on Robinson? We, we reached by backs. about, yeah, but no, it, 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 
it was it was 18 picks, but but our next pick wasn't until 177. Uh, we took him at 160, and his ADP is 178. So so to kind of ensure getting him here, who would, and, and I'm high on him from at least the potential opportunity perspective, I was fine with that. And we kind of also talked <laughs> talked our way through the majority of being on the clock there. So we had to also just make a pick to, um, so as to not do something that we just thought was totally boneheaded. Yeah. Um, let's so let's that, go back that, to that, the – That's the okay. reason for the Robinson pick. Van Jefferson becomes kind of interesting here. He's 26 spots past his ADP. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I don't know. I'm just not all that excited about about Jefferson, but maybe maybe I'll be an option if, the, if, the, if there's no... We're one pick away, but when we look at it, uh, Zach Wilson's there, Mac Jones is there. I'm not really looking to, to get another quarterback and scroll down a little bit. Uh oh, that's not good. <laughs> we're on the clock. For those listening at home, we just were booted from the lobby for a second. Anyway, so, click. I, I, I don't know. I'd probably take the shot here on uh, Davis Price. I mentioned him in the last that's round. Fine. But, uh, uh, and I think then, like, it starts to. We've got into an area where the, the wide receivers are, are quite gross. Um, if you want to add Tolbert to the queue, Jalen Tolbert, I think, could be interesting. Um, when we look down through it, then the other options that are coming up here are the likes of Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I think is going to be at least the wide receiver three at worst with the Browns. Um, I think Bell could come in there and possibly become the wide receiver too. But, you know, we're into veterans like Julio Jones, AJ Green, who is quite dusty at this point. Uh, any other wide receiver options that are, are interesting? Because I think that's the area now that we... 
we do need to start to heavily target. Yeah, I mean, I, I do love I love Jalen Tolbert. What what he can be as a rookie, I think, is going to be the, the the big question mark there um, for for him. Also, Colm, I think we maybe need to entertain, and this is where we'll get your boots on the ground take, a possible Packers wide receiver late to pair with, with Aaron Rodgers because those will exist at least a little bit. Uh, in terms of someone like Romeo Dubs, I'm going to go ahead and just put it. Yeah, in I think he, I think he could be very interesting. He was somebody that Matthew Freeman talked up on Rotoviz Overtime this past week. But we're looking through. I think we, it's a, it's a risk we're going to take, but we're going to probably wait another round to see if we can get him. Just on the wide yeah. receivers, we're on the clock. I think Tolbert is the is the pick for us here. Mm-hmm. Um, people watching and are probably uh, wondering <laughs> where all the veterans have gone they're they're not on our roster uh, at the yeah. moment, no. um, as we as we continue to load up on these faceless uh, if you're watching the live stream over on uh, it's on underdogfantasy.com um, there is no faces these are faceless players that we've drafted um, but I think they are the, the smart pick somebody else who would slot into the queue and look I, I'm I'm sad um, that it last year didn't work out, but Laviska Chenault is at a point here where I think I would be adding him into the queue based on our, our build so far. Um, then we also have um, KJ Hammer coming back from his injury. Um, I'd probably add him into the queue. He's currently ADP of wide receiver 84, but does now have Russell Wilson, who is one of the best deep ball throwers in the entire league. And obviously Hammer is in there as well. And any longtime listeners of the Road of His Overtime podcast or readers of Sean Siegel's work will know that uh, Sean is a big fan of uh, KJ Hamler, so we could even get him in there for the brand. Uh, any other wide receivers you think we should be adding to the queue at this point? And I know we've we're trying to target those rookies, and I talked earlier about the rookie value going up over the course of the next couple of months. But I do think uh, Dubs is probably the the one that I'd be targeting as a rookie. I'd be holding off on doing that. Then we have Hamler or Chenault. They would be the two. That I'd be probably targeting with our next pick here. Have you a preference over either of them, and do either of them uh, disgust you? <laughs> well, I, I, I guess first question we just need to get out of the way here because we're gonna we got two more picks left. Uh, what kind of build do we want to go with? I would probably be more partial to six running backs and eight wide receivers here. So I, I would probably want to get one more running back if we can. Um, or do you think that we are good with the five that we have in Etienne Hunt, Algier Robinson Jr., and Davis Price? Yeah, I think you you have Gus Edwards in the queue. I think the concern here is the the rookie element of it. So we have Etienne coming back from an injury. We have Hunt, who's a very strong option, but the second option really is the team would see it in the depth chart. Then we have Algier Robinson and Davis Price. There is a concern of the who's going to have the points there so i do think as you've added in gus edwards he could be intriguing there with you know i'm i'm very excited about dobbins but um obviously the concern is if he's not 100 healthy but with that happening then we do have the, the situation where uh he is now off the board um when we're looking at it you mentioned the overall build i think that you added snoop connor to the queue i I won't be drafting Snoop Connor breaking news for everybody here. Big mistake. Uh, big mistake. Dante Foreman is there. Kenyon Drake is there. They would be two options I might look at for running backs. Um, again, not guaranteed workload. I think Drake probably gets more workload out of the, the two of those guys to you know on a consistent basis. But um, I, I think we'd probably still go wide receiver and see what options are available then at, at running back after this. All right, let's let let's go wide receiver here. I'll let I'll let you pick the wide receiver here once we have him come up. 
Um, I, I think there's interesting cases for all of these guys. Dubs, this kind of you, you stack him with Rogers, and that's probably the, the crux of your argument. Hamler and Chenault, obviously, we like them. Who who do you want here, Colin? And then I'm going to try um, to run him. Had to run him back. Uh, options just in the queue for me. Running back, yeah. Um, we, we can hold off another round if you want, but let's I take a wide receiver. Eno right. Benjamin is an option if we're looking at a really late round running back target who's not in it. But let's go with one. Let's go with Hamler. All right, let's let's go with Hamler. Let me, let me just quickly pitch Snoop Connor to you, who does not have a great profile, and then you can tell me yes or no, um, as we have just the, the most marginal of time left. Uh, Snoop Connor was drafted fifth round by the Jacksonville Jaguars. They actually traded up to get him, and right now he's probably the running back three on that team before training camp even starts with ETN returning from an injury and also uh, James Robinson possibly not being ready for the start of the season now. I will say, because I forgot about this, we already have ETN, so we probably don't want to go with Snoop Connor here. But assuming that we did not have a Jaguars running back, I think that Snoop Connor kind of falls into that final round flyer who could have more opportunities than everyone is is kind of being willing to believe as far as draft goes. He's a he's an aggressive runner with good size, uh, smashes through, through goal lines. I, I think we're like one bad report from either ETN or James Robinson away from Snoop Connor actually seeing some significant run in 2022. Um, you, you may, you may be later. they are coming back uh, from injuries, but yeah, I'm just, there's, a, there's other options that I mentioned there, but we are on the clock and we're looking through it. So if we do want to get ourselves that sixth running back, I, I still would be passing on, uh, snoop there I, I would be taking the shot on benjamin who is behind uh james connor and then obviously that that leads to him being in a, a much better offense than i think the jacksonville jaguars will be benjamin Let's may yeah his projection of 0. 0.4 points for the season which is not good but uh <laughs> uh i i think that the upside is is worth taking a shot on there and that's just betting on the offense if we, I, we didn't have etn i may have taken a shot on connor there but I, i'm really looking to target an offense when we're in these late round picks and then he is part of that that roster obviously with the arizona cardinals we do have a lot of rookies on the team and we, we have patrick mahomes aaron Rodgers, travis etn cream hunt tyler algier brian robinson Tarion Davis-Price, Eno Benjamin is our final round pick. We have Tyree Kill, Keenan Allen, Drake London, Chris Olave, Rondell Moore, George Pickens, Jalen Tolbert, KJ Hamler, and then we have Travis Kelsey and TJ Hawkins. And that gives us a, an overall build of two quarterbacks, six running backs, eight wide receivers, and two tight ends. And, um, you know, there is a we may have uh, overcapped it here on rookies as we look back at the roster. But I think the, the upside is there. I think the rookies we've taken, you know, we, we've taken some of the very top picks at the wide receiver position and we've taken players then at the, the running back rookies who had relatively good draft capital for the running back position. How do you feel as we look back at, at how the draft unfolded? I think overall, I, I'm pretty happy with the, the, the roster and how things have played out. But there's a couple of things there that could have could have potentially been better. Um, as far as our team goes, I, I like the way it's shaped up. You know, there's there's certainly always going to be that concern with with having too many rookies. Um, but you, you also mentioned that we got some of the top receivers in the draft. So, uh, but, but between Drake London and Chris Olave, 
being amongst our top five receivers taking uh, taken with obviously Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen going before them, and then Rondell Moore going after. I think there's an early opportunity for those five guys to to be meaningful contributors on our roster. We also know about the DeAndre Hopkins suspension through, through the first six games. I would expect that that's going to mean that Rondell Moore is going to find his way into a bit more of a significant role, uh, which which he did not do last season when Hopkins was out with the injury. So there, there's even some concern there. Uh, I like George Pickens at, out of uh, Georgia going going to the Steelers. Uh, depending on how they decide to deploy him, I think he can give us some usable weeks. I'm also big on Jalen Tolbert, and then KJ Hamler. I, I know he's Rotoviz brand guy. It's for I, from that perspective, I definitely respect it. Um, but but you know the, he he's probably going to take. You know something, something going right for him to hit as much as we would like. But there's even a quote that came out the other the other day where it said that he wants to be Russell Wilson's version of Tyler Lockett and in Denver, which sounds really really nice. If that actually happened, that would be cool to see. Um, it's just kind of difficult to to factor in how that would look, knowing that Cortland Sutton and uh, and and Jerry Judy are definitely ahead of him on the depth chart and and you know target tree and all that things of that nature. So uh, I, I'm happy with how our team worked out. I think it's a very Rotoviz team, all in all. I think that we have a lot of good pass catching upside at running back, which is also very nice. Etn Hunt, Algier, our first three running backs, all running backs who are capable of catching the ball, um, and, and even Eno Benjamin. Uh, I, I think he caught a pass or two back in his days in college. Uh, so, so I, I like our running backs overall. And then, who's going to be mad about having Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, especially when you got both of them slightly later than ADP? Aaron Rodgers falling almost a full round past ADP here. Our our value for some of these picks is actually kind of kind of crazy. I think so. So, I, I like that as well. I think it's going to be interesting as well. You mentioned uh, before the show about potentially going for a unique build, and I do think that two quarterbacks, two tight ends. And, you know, the way we built this team, especially with the rookies, is going to be quite a unique build, especially if you do manage to go through. People might look at this draft and say this team is trash and has no chance of getting through. But if it gets through at the end of the season, you're into those fi- the, the playoff weeks for the four-week finals and you have a very, very interesting team and a unique team. And these rookies should be getting better as the season goes on. So if that is the case, then you're into a really uh, a juggernaut as you move into the final sections. You mentioned KJ Hamler. I, I don't think he needs to be Tyler Lockett, but if he is somebody who gets an occasional deep touchdown two to three times a year, gets you you know 14 points in those weeks, that's really usable when it gets into the flex positions in a, a tournament like this. So I think he could be very, very interesting. And as I mentioned, when we drafted him, Wilson has one of the best deep balls in the NFL. We've seen that with DK Metcalf. We've seen it with Tyler Lockett. And I think we'll see it this year with, with all the wide receivers in, in Denver. But I think we'll also see it with, with Hamler if he returns fully from that injury. And going so late in the draft, I think he's worth a shot there. We did pass up the rookie wide receiver for the Packers and Dubes and passed up a couple of other options that we could have went with there as well to try and do a stack with Rodgers. But I think uh, hopefully that was the right decision. So that's going to bring us to the end of this draft episode. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. We did draft over on Underdog. It was the best ball mania tree tournament. I mentioned at the start there is $2 million for first place. There's $1 million for second place. There's a $10 million prize pool. If you want to get involved, head on over to underdogfantasy.com. When you're signing up, use the code ROTOVIS, and that will give you a matched deposit bonus up to $100 over at underdogfantasy.com. 
they will match whatever you add. So if you add 50, they will add another 50. If you add 100, they'll add another 100 and so on and so forth up to $100. Get you, if you're getting the $100 version of that, it gets you four bonus entries into the best ball tournament. That is a $25 ticket to get in and drafting it. And as you can tell there, when we were drafting it, it is fast and furious. You can sign up at rotabiz.com, get access to all of our tools and content. And you can get a 10% discount to that using the code RV Radio. 2022 and of course subscribe to the rotaviz youtube channel if you want to check out the video edition of this where you'll see the picks going in you'll see the players coming off the board and get more thoughts on that overall strategy as you see it in motion my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to marlin my co-host today was zachary kruger you can follow him over on twitter at zk underscore ffb and until we're back with another episode of the rotaviz best ball show have a good one